arts is just so critical. And I wish Mo Dutter was here today because he could back me up on this, that when you take a theater course, it's not just about theater itself. You're learning life skills. So for example, when I was in elementary school, I was so shy that I would actually get myself sick and, and not go to school some days because I was just so shy and nervous to go to school. But then one day I took a summer drama course at the Drama Learning Center and that just changed my life. It opened yep. me up. It gave me that self-confidence. And through gaining self-confidence in theater, I was able to move on to many, many other things. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Razzle Dazzle Radio. I'm Carolyn Kellerman, here with my co-host and producer, Judy Templeton. And what a show we have for you this early spring season. We've got three gorgeous men who are going to talk about the arts and more, one with a smile to die for. And we'll hear from Camon first, but I'll let Judy do the introductions. So take it away, my friend. Yes, we have three rock stars today, Camon Freeman. And Camon is a playwright. He's the founder of the Black LUV Festival the WDC Mayor's Art Award, a finalist for excellence in service to the arts. He's founding member of the nonprofit Words, Beats, and Life. I could go on and on. This man is something else. Basically, though, I'm going to call him an influencer. That's the new blurb words, but he has a passion. He has a passion for life. He expresses it through the arts, through play, being a playwright, movie making, and now he has written a book and it's published and it's ready to go and there are pre-sales happening all over at Busboys and Poets in DC and soon he will be live and in person at Busboys and Poets in Columbia, Maryland, our own little Columbia. You have to put April 2nd on your calendar so you can meet him. You're going to meet his smile first as Carolyn said and then you're going to meet him and then you're going to meet his book. So, come on, we're honored to have you here today. So, talk to us about what it's probably easier for you to tell us what you don't do, but tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for that illustrious introduction. I first want to just add that I'm also co founder of We Act Radio, um, DC's independent media outlet, because I'm sitting in the studios of We Act Radio right now on the radical side of Martin King Avenue in uh, the heart of um, Washington, DC, and Anacostia. But I'm coming to you today as, a, as an author because I'm adding uh, another category or another notch in my belt, I should say, as an author. You know, this is my pandemic baby. So I think that if everyone has gone through the pandemic and you didn't, you know, read any new books, you didn't do any new hobbies, then you pretty much wasted your time. And uh, I hope that we have all come out of the, the pandemic stronger than before. I think it's given many of us a, a much needed pause to get off the rat race and, and the time to think about where we go from here. And uh, this book is uh, addressing a conflict over water that is also a crisis that has been uh, long neglected. Washington Post Live just did a whole thing on World Water Day. Uh, March 22nd is actual date for World Water Day. That's when my book drops. But uh, Washington Post jumped the gun and uh, did a whole campaign on it this morning. And I want to uh, shout them out. So thank you for being the first podcast to host us on this new project that we're embarking upon. We're honored. 
So yeah. tell us about the book. So, okay, so give us a little preview on the book, please. Let me say this, you know, it is a novel and I'm glad you um, categorize it as reality um, a novel because is it fictitious to say that the polar ice caps have melted and some cities have submerged and some new cities have emerged. That is not exactly make-believe. That is unfortunately our future reality if we don't do something to change it. But that is based upon facts that we now know. So please go to Miami South Beach, take a lot of pictures and enjoy yourself because it will be underwater in 25 years if we don't do something, okay? And look at Dubai. Dubai is a new city that they built it's a landfill, you know, they created this city and they've got plans of building more. So the premise of my book is not necessarily fiction. So I just want to start it there. But water has been priced beyond affordability of the masses for them to collect rainwater, which is the new contraband. And it's not exactly a far stretch with that either. Right here in the, in the States, you know, we all know about the Flint, Michigan water crisis and Detroit water crisis. And in Detroit, the exorbitant prices for water there causes a lot of people to fall behind and get their water cut off. And guess what happens when you get your water cut off? Child Protective Services can take your kids. <laughs> so all of this is happening in Michigan, which is a, a short drive to the largest freshwater lake in the entire world, okay? So there's your conflict over water there. And not to mention that Nestle, people know them for chocolate, but their biggest moneymaker is actually water. And Nestle pays Michigan $200 a month to pump over a million gallons of water per day, all right? Whereas the people are in Flint are drinking tainted water and the people in Detroit uh, can't afford their water bills. So that is the reality that we're dealing with today. My book tells a, a beautiful story, an entertaining story, a cautionary tale of a global water corporation that's taken over the planet. And rainwater is the new contraband. And that's pretty much the, the premise. I, my publishers doesn't like me to get more into details, but I think I got a hell of a story to tell here. If you guys have ever seen the film Judas and the Black Messiah, it was an Oscar-winning film, Oscar-winning film for Daniel Kaluuya, I believe is his name. He won his first Oscar. It was nominated for other categories in 2022. And Shaka King, the director of the film, blessed me by adding a blurb on the back of my book. And this is what he had to say about the piece. He said, this is a great utility to escape his art, but this novel threads the needle pretty damn well by refusing to not acknowledge trauma just to make a piece of entertainment. So usually the truth is ugly and, and, and what have you, but sometimes it can be liberating and beautiful. And I think this is a story that's beautiful and liberating. Well, I think you're beautiful and liberating. And I think the <laughs> passion you. in you just overflows. And I love you put it into the arts because again, everything you do is making movies, writing books, entertaining, performing. I think you even do the spoken word. Is that true? Yeah, that's how I get, that's how this party got started. You know, <laughs> the poets tell more truth than politicians. I tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I am so fascinated by spoken word. So I need to come and hear you at one of those uh, sessions sometimes too. So what time is the party starting at uh, Busboys and Poets on the 2nd? So I'm so honored that Busboys and Poets has sponsored a DMV book tour for Nineveh Conflict Over Water. The book physically drops on World Water Day, which is March 22nd. But we've been touring the DMV since Martin Luther King Day. And of course, there's like a Wu-Tang <laughs> clan uh, number of Busboys and Poets locations around the DMV. And yeah. we have plans of visiting all of them. 
we've done six um, already and we've got three to go. I'll be at Sherlington on this Sunday, was that March 19th. March 22nd, I'll be at Anacostia. The book physically drops then. Uh, March 26th, I will be at 14th and V with Kojo Nami from WAMU and NPR. And then April the 2nd, our last closeout show, I'm saving it for you guys. It will be in Columbia, the Busboys and Poor's biggest venue. And I will be with the owner and founder of Busboys and Poor's, Mr. Shalaw. And that would be at 6.30 p.m. And this is um, the, it's not just a book signing. It's not just an interview. There's going to be some surprise guests. It's going to be a, um, a lot of uh, fanfare around the excitement of the crisis this book is addressing. And I'm honored to be sitting down with the owner of Busboys and Poor's. I'm honored, honored to be in the community of, of Columbia, Maryland, because I used to work for a water company and deliver water. And guess where I had to go to get the fresh water? Columbia, Maryland. Columbia, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Columbia, Maryland to go get the water. You know? uh, gotcha. The H2O. <laughs> yes. So hopefully your, your listening audience will join me uh, April the 2nd at 630 at Columbia, Maryland. And we can talk about some realities <laughs> that needs to be addressed because water is life. And if yep. once we accept that, then we'll start looking at things differently. So check this out. I drive an electric car. So the price of gas, what's the current price of gas? What about four bucks? Four fifty. Okay. Four, wow. Four fifty. Okay. So I go to a Wizards game a couple of weeks ago, and guess how much I paid for a bottle of water? Five dollars. Eight dollars. Okay, those are pre pre pandemic prices. I paid six dollars and fifteen cents for no. a sixteen ounce bottle of water, and you guys are paying four dollars, four bucks for an entire gallon of gas, which means they are now currently charging more for water than they are for gas. Okay. <laughs> Now, I know all of us are spring chickens here, but we're old enough to remember that if we was children and someone tried to charge us for a bottle of water, we would have looked at them like they was crazy. Exactly. Yep. So I think that we are a situation where the frog is in the boiling pot of water. You know that story, you put a frog in a boiling pot, it jumps out. But if you put him in a pot and you slowly turn the heat up, you'll cook the frog. Well, I submit to you with global warming, we are cooking. <laughs> well said. <laughs> that makes a point for sure. Oh, come on. Thank you so much. We will spread the word. We will greet you with open arms here in Columbia, Maryland, April 2nd. Bus Boys and Poets, thank you for everything you do. Just Can I add one going. thing? Sure. Give us one more thing to remember. <laughs> I want to make sure that everyone knows the website. Um, you can oh, get more information great. with the book. It says NinevahNovel.com. That's N-I-N-E-V-E-H novel.com. N-I-N-E-V-E-H novel.com. Or you can go uh -huh. to Busboys and Poets and to get more information. Of course, April the 2nd in Columbia, Maryland at 6.30 p.m. And let me leave you with this quote. This is from Milton Freeman. No friend of the progressive community, but even a broke clock is right two times a day briefly. This is what he had to say. Only a crisis, actual or perceived, produces real change. When that crisis occurs, the actions that are taken depend on the ideas that are laying around. That, I believe, is our basic function to develop alternatives to existing policies to keep them alive and available until the politically impossible becomes the politically inevitable. It is politically inevitable for us to have housing as a human right, as healthcare as a human right, and yeah. as water as a human right. 
thank you so much for having me. And y'all can go to NinevahNovel.com to support this work. And I hope to see you guys on April the 2nd at 6.30 in Columbia, Maryland with the owner of Busboys and Poets. Thank you for all you do. And I love your combination of social justice and the arts. They belong together 100%. And you have married them. Thank yeah. you so Paul much. Paul Robinson is in the house. Yes. That's <laughs> all right. Thank you, Kamal. We'll Bless see you, you on April 2nd. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Smiling. Keep smiling. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, you know, we can do so much through the arts, and that's our continual yes. theme. So, Mark, tell us what you got going on because you're such an interesting person. And I know that you always recreate yourself. So you accomplish one thing, then you go to the next and then you accomplish that. So, but I'm so glad you're still with the Maryland Theater Guide because that's your baby. And so tell us what's happening with you, Mark. Well, first of all, Kimon is a tough act to follow here. Oh. So <laughs> I wish you could have put me first. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, lately what I've been up to, I've been writing for the Scottish Rite Journal. Okay. And it has a subscription base of 175,000 people across the United States. And as you might guess, I am talking about the performing arts. In the latest issue, I talk about Eddie Cantor. He's a famous comedian of years gone by. And for that article, I interviewed Eddie Cantor's grandson to find some interesting stories about his life. But yes, the Maryland Theater Guide, well, I'm no longer the publisher of that. Remember, I did hand that over to Lynn Menefee, but I am still definitely involved with uh, consulting and once in a while writing reviews for them and just making sure that the Maryland Theater Guide continues to stay alive and active in the community. Of course you are. Uh, yes, I would expect nothing less. And I know that Lynn has to take it over. Yes. So what are you doing? I know that you went back to school to UMBC and studied Cantonese. Is that uh, it's Mandarin. Mandarin. Oops, close. <laughs> you're, you're very close. Yes, I have my I have my undergraduate in Asian studies with a certificate in Mandarin Chinese. And then I went right into my master's degree for TESOL, which is teaching English to speakers of other languages. And I'll be completing that uh, the end of this summer. I'll have that master's degree. And presently you're teaching, right? Presently I'm teaching all over the place, interning at an elementary school, middle school, high school and upcoming I'll be teaching adults so I'm really getting experience in all age groups and backgrounds in teaching amazing absolutely amazing so then what you're going to do next you're going to write a play in Mandarin <laughs> what it be I, I could well remember I, I got my one of my starts is I have seven musicals that I wrote under my I belt. I do remember. And so I'm working on getting those produced again because I wrote those musicals 25 years ago when I was a baby yeah, at 19 years old. I'm writing these musicals. And then, you know me, I'm always off to the next challenge, whatever that may be. I get bored really easily. So I just need to constantly be doing something new to challenge myself. See, that's what I love. I think everybody in the arts is a little ADD. And I've always looked at it as a gift because we can do more. I mean, I, it's like, what? I'm not trying exactly. to dumb it down. I want to keep it going, right? It's like, okay, one day I'm doing ballet. The next year I'm doing figure skating. The next year I'm doing magic. I mean, it's just like all over the place, just enjoying life, enjoying the performing arts and everything it has to offer. 
There was an article in the New Yorker recently. I mean, I know this is supposed to be razzle-dazzle, upbeat all the time, but since we're talking about the importance of the arts, I would like to note this article in the New Yorker that said that soon all colleges, universities will get rid of their arts and humanities departments. Seriously, it's in, it's in this last issue of the New Yorker. Any thoughts on that, Mark? Absolutely. Well, the arts is just so critical. And I wish Mo Dutter was here today because he could back me up on this, that when you take a theater course, it's not just about theater itself. You're learning life skills. So for example, when I was in elementary school, I was so shy that I would actually get myself sick and and not go to school some days because I was just so shy and nervous to go to school. But then one day I took a summer drama course at the Drama Learning Center and that just changed my life. It opened me up. It gave me that self-confidence And through gaining self-confidence in theater, I was able to move on to many, many other things. Yes. So, but what do you think about, I mean, do you think that's possible that they would ever cut the arts like that? Well, I'll be out of a job at the college for one thing, but I ain't letting it happen if I have any power. But I mean, what do you think about the possibility that that could happen, Mark? The possibility is, is definitely there. They're constantly cutting out music programs, drama programs, dance programs. And you see that through coverage through newspapers of the performing arts. And that's why the Maryland Theater Guide and other publications are so important because they keep awareness of all these wonderful shows that are going on. For example, I must mention that Toby Ornstein's Young Columbians, they were one of seven groups to be selected to perform at the 2023 Arts for Autism Benefit Concert, which is being held at Broadway's Gershwin Theater. And they're having a fundraiser March 27th at 7 p.m. at Toby's Dinner Theater. And so please go out and support this group. 100%. Yes. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to put my uh, head in the sand, Carolyn, on that one. Now, this may be able to be a good segue into talking to our other guest, Ian Kennedy, because he does have children that go to the Howard County schools. And the thing that I love that Howard County has done has put theater teachers in the middle schools. So now they're getting a separate class in that. So I'm going to hope that we still stay on the cutting edge here in our sweet town of Columbia in Howard County. So, Ian, talk to us about how we're keeping the arts alive here in Columbia, and you are the man that's helping that out. <laughs> no pressure. Well, thank you. Yeah, no pressure, right? Well, I, I mean, it's I'm, I'm really glad that the conversation kind of went to schools because that is a ton of what we're doing. And in particular, thinking about how can the Downtown Arts and Culture Commission which owns Meriwether Post Pavilion, how can we and Meriwether and the programming that we're doing in downtown provide experiences and opportunities for our students and our young people in particular? And so we have a ton of stuff that we're doing, including some things we just announced. But let me start by saying we are next week, we have this a group coming into town called The Reminders. It's a husband and wife hip hop duo. Their daughter, their 12-year-old daughter is actually their DJ. And uh, the DAC is bringing them to Columbia, uh, to Howard County, and they're going to go to seven middle schools over the course of next week, and they're going to perform and provide engagement opportunities for the music students in each of those schools. This is both an enrichment program, but it's also an opportunity to show students 
well, one, the, the reminders have really uplifting and positive messages, so that's good, and our students need that now more than anything. But to show them that, you know, the arts aren't necessarily like you don't have to be Taylor Swift or Beyonce or this like, you know, global superstar to find a career and to pursue your passion in the arts, that there are pathways and avenues for people both on stage and off stage at all levels. So being able to take that message to the schools, I think is a really important thing. But we're also, I'm really I excited. do too. I love you're doing that. I want to, I want to go to one of the middle schools and see it. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I, I will be going because my daughter, Penelope, is at Oakland Mills Middle, and I already told her your dad will be showing up that day, which she's well, and shout out to your darling daughter who I love, who I know the arts has really been a big part of her life. <laughs> it has. And and so, you know, part of this is just this is who we are as a family. But we also just announced, and I am thrilled with this and we we're actually having a pre-sale this morning for it we are doing a show here at Merriweather on the main stage with the Howard County Youth Orchestra which is the GT Orchestra so this mm. is all 12 high schools have students in this orchestra and they are going to be playing with a band named Guster who has played Merriweather this will be their fifth performance here so this is a band that has headlined Merriweather in the past what? They are playing, Guster is playing in April with the Boston Pops and in June with the San Diego Symphony and in May with Howard County High School Student Orchestra, which I just think is an opportunity to be a high school student, to play on that stage at a mm -hmm. full concert with big sound and lights in front of a band that has been touring and working professionally for 30 years is an opportunity that you know, if I were a high school kid, I would be over the moon about. So we that is such an integration there. I just love it. And yeah. let me say that your memory, because of who you are in your music background and growing up in Columbia, makes you such a visionary for bringing all these things. And we're so grateful for you, oh. truly. Well, yeah, thank you I mean, for saying that. You're I the mean, real deal, just like Mark. You both grew up here and you both experienced the arts and how they became so powerful in your lives. And you both are living examples of that. So, yeah. Well, and I mean, when I was 17 years old, I graduated here on the stage. I, I got to sing and play guitar at my graduation. And at that time, you know, I thought to myself, like, this is my career. I'm going to be a superstar. I'm going to be playing <laughs> stages it. like this. And I don't, I actually don't know that I, that would have been a life I would have loved because it is hard work being a touring artist, but to have that opportunity as a young person and then to see that, you know, you can continue to be in the arts, but you can, you don't necessarily have to perform. You can still contribute to this ecosystem that supports artists, that supports production people, that supports marketing people, that supports accountants, that supports all of the integral pieces that make the arts work and that create these one-of-a-kind experiences, right? Like there is Absolutely. nothing like going to a show. There is, and I think we all, we all felt that over COVID as, as much as people wanted to put stuff on the internet. Yep. <laughs> that does not do it. That does it not, not do it at all. So I know that there is a little bit of change coming. And I know that you mentioned that the name from the yep. Downtown Arts and Culture Center will be changing. So, but tell us some of the changes that we can look forward to moving on. 
Well, so one of the things you'll see for the, well, we call ourselves the DAC, the Downtown Arts and Culture. So that's the shorthand for it. One of the things that you'll see that's most notable is we'll have a new logo, we'll have a new website, we'll have a new name, but really that's all connected rather to the programming that we're doing. And this is a sort of renewed programming effort and push that we're doing to one, create these unique one-of-a-kind experiences for people of all ages in our community. And two, to make sure that we can produce and present professional artists, professional quality production that is affordable and accessible and inclusive of our community. So we're going to do its events here at Merriweather, its events at the Colorburst Park, its events in the schools, its events at the lakefront. You know, it's providing a whole suite of experiences and opportunities for the community to come together and experience arts and music and performance you know, real live and in the flesh, which is how it's meant to be experienced. Oh, absolutely. So will there be kind of a schedule moving forward for events that are happening at Colorburst Park? And then of course, at the Chrysalis, so there'll be an up, you know, so we can start filling in our calendars for summer, which is what I'm dying to do. (laughs) I Yes. So a few key places to go for that. The one is there is Howard County Tourism has a website. It is, I believe it's Destination Downtown. Oh, okay. Uh, .com. And that will have everything listed on it. We also, actually, it's not Destination Downtown. I can follow up later with that. What I'll say, though, the best place to get information about events happening, it's usually the Howard County Arts Council's website. They have a calendar on there that all of us put our events on. And then be sure to follow the Downtown Columbia Arts and Culture Commission, the Downtown Partnership on Facebook or social media, because we'll be posting everything there as well. That sounds fabulous. Well, we're just about out of time. So Mark, give us some parting words for moving forward and keeping the arts alive in your life. Real quick, come up with something inspirational, Mark. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I think the important thing is it's really theater and the arts. It's a lifestyle. I, you know, I live and breathe theater And it's not just performing in theater itself. It's all the skills that come along with it, the interpersonal skills, the confidence, all of that goes into everything you do. Well, I think those were pretty good parting words. So thanks to Kimon. Please come out on April 2nd. Mark, just keep being you, living, breathing, and passing all those positive vibes on to us. You're just wonderful to be around. Your energy is so pure. And Ian, you are making our community a better, more artistic place. And we just love that that just keeps happening. Carolyn, it's always wonderful to be with you. So until next time, it's Razzle Dazzle Radio. Keep the arts alive. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Radio.